What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Deal or no deal? Are you ready? I'm ready. Edmonton at Calgary, the football battle of Alberta. The Stampeders favored by nine and a half. Deal or no deal? No deal. Stamps win by a touchdown. Toronto at BC, Lions favored by 4.5. Deal or no deal? I'm going to take that deal. I'm going to take it at home. I like BC at home. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Oh, hello, Canada. Happy Friday. Welcome to the RP Show, coming to you live from the Grey Eagle Resort and Casino. Yeah, buddy, we uh, <laughs> we lost contact with a mothership there for a second, but apparently everything's fine. Welcome to the stage bar here at Calgary's Entertainment Destination. We got the Moose with us, Darren Moose DuPont, our lovely and talented co-host, and we're ready to talk football on a Flame Tech Football Friday for the next two hours. As we move him in, how you doing, Moose? I'm good. We just gave each other that panicked glance. Yeah, I was waiting for. Uh, yeah, we're good. To, yes, uh, we got you. Yeah, I was waiting for something to go off the rails, but look down. The video was still working, and then the sound came back. We're good. Here we are. Here oh, we. And it's a fantastic sir. day. Yeah, buddy. And. Listen, I, pe- I see people are already chiming in uh, with comments on last night's football game, tonight's football game. As Darren pointed out, I think he'd like to spend some time on Game 5 of the Stanley Cup, and we will here on the Quick 6 Show Topics. But it is a football Friday, and start spreading the news. Tell all your friends that we're talking CFL football today. Ball for all. And our guests are Jeff Reinbold. He's going to join us from Hawaii. And Mike Abu-Mesrick, the very popular 10-year CFL veteran lineman who now makes his home in Calgary, at least uh, the majority of his time, he'll be joining us right here. Very popular, Grey Cup-winning offensive lineman, uh, won a Grey Cup with Saskatchewan, played in Winnipeg and Ottawa, too. So that is all coming up. But before, listen, let's hit the quick six show horn. Can you please do that, Director Jordan? Can you hit the horn? Hey, we heard it today. We got breaking news. I was, hey, I was just informed of this this morning in my morning meeting. I'm reading this from the CBC. Calgary has tied with Zurich, Switzerland for third place in the Economist Intelligent Unit's annual ranking of the world's most livable cities. 
Vienna, Austria scored the top spot with Copenhagen, Denmark coming in second. Calgary Mayor Giotti Gondek said in a statement on Thursday, more Calgarians are telling the story of their city and people are taking notice. I just want to say, I just want to say, Danny said this morning it was 85th until the RP show moved to Calgary. <laughs> now it's third. Now it's third. So we got, we got some room to get to number one. Yeah. But we like it here very much. Uh, we're enjoying it, and they treat us so absolutely wonderfully. So that's breaking news from just within the last 24 hours. Now to point one, we're going to start with the CFL. The Montreal Alouettes scored in the first 15 seconds of the game and never looked back on their way to a 37-17 win over the Saskatchewan Rough Riders to kick off week three in the CFL. Quarterback Trevor Harris completed 16 of 22 passes for 262 yards and one touchdown. Saskatchewan's Cody Fajardo, my guy, did have a tough day at the office. He threw for 191, two picks, was sacked seven times, and got pulled in the fourth quarter. Mason Fine came on in relief and tallied 83 passing yards for the Rough Riders with a touchdown and interception. He got sacked. The Alouettes started in explosive fashion with Chandler Worthy scoring on the opening kickoff for an 88-yard touchdown. Somewhere I heard it was the second fastest scoring play to open a game in CFL history. I enjoyed that over a plate of butter chicken, Moose, over here in the Blaze Bar. Yeah. He, Moose's favorite meal, if it's his birthday and you're taking him out, he's ordering butter chicken. So you're a bit of an aficionado. That's right. And you I say the Green like Eagles it. butter chicken is better than anywhere. It's very, very good. Very doggy. So I had it. Yeah. I had it last night, and I watched that football game, and it just started bad, as you heard for the Riders, and it never got better. It reminded me of the 2005 uh, Week 1 kickoff at Taylor Field when Corey Holmes, C. Murda, returned the opening kickoff for a touchdown. He ran right, trotted right in front of the Blue Bombers bench in Jim Daly. <laughs> I called it. It doesn't happen very often. No. Uh, and they're all on me. I put on Twitter that this isn't Cody's fault. Again, it's not Cody's fault. But there's just a certain faction of people that are going to jump on him, fans of other teams, fans of the Riders that are going to jump on him. And actually, some of my media buddies are texting me saying, nice guys, run the Kinsman Club. Nice guys, finish last. Apparently, they want a jerk in there at quarterback. Hey, we've had some. Is that what you want? We didn't win with them. So it wasn't Cody's fault. Uh, I don't think it's time to panic, but there's a lot of panic from what I understand. In the rectangle. Well, there is. And there's some things that went away. I mean, obviously, with Dan Clark out, you saw that there was some adjustment. That So nice job, Montreal. Um, I've seen the comments coming in on Twitter. They're coming in to the chat. A guy by the name of High Explosive says, Cody and the Riders are overrated. David in the chat says, yeah, Fajardo can't read defenses very good. Well, if you watched the game and I watched every snap, he didn't have a chance. And when we have Mike Abumeshrick come up here later, the offensive line veteran. I want to ask him how the center, the rookie center, or at least his first start, Logan Bandy, played for Saskatchewan. You asked about the running game. He didn't have time to hand it off. He didn't have time to look downfield. Can't read a defense. He didn't have time. Am I biased? Absolutely. But if people want to hang this on Cody Fajardo, then they're just looking to make him the scapegoat. But I'll also say this. It's my commentary that ran on Cat Country and uh, Rock 98.5 today. Nobody said it was going to be easy. There's some games you're just never going to win going in. I couldn't believe they were favored by 3.5 to begin with. And it was Montreal's home opener. They were better than their record indicated. They just weren't going to be denied on that night. 
And uh, it never got better. At halftime, Darren, there was no indication that this was going to change. No, there wasn't. And it did not change. But I guess my point was nobody said this is going to be easy. You are not going to go 18-0. and And it's a little bit of back to the drawing board. But I think they would be concerned about Dan Clark's status when he's going to come back. And I'll say this. I did send a message to the Brett Jones camp. No relation. The former lineman of the year in the CFL, former Calgary Stampeder, who's been in the NFL since with what? The Giants, the Vikings, and the Broncos. Here's the story that I got. He's enjoying his summer in Weyburn and Regina Beach and uh, undecided on his football future. So he's a free agent. And uh, now I thought if he was ever going to come back to the CFL, it would be Calgary. But I guess I think he's maybe fielding calls. But as of last night, or was it this morning, undetermined. Yeah. He'd help out, though. He would. And that's the thing. You wait for calls. You see what opportunities are going to come up. And he would, be an, he would be a great addition to any offensive line in the Canadian Football League. And right now, the Riders really need somebody. Jeff, the Stamps fan, writes in and says, the excuse train has pulled into the station. Choo-choo. He's clearly not talking about us because we haven't made any excuses. They weren't good enough last night. And listen, trust me, I was thinking about this coming down on the elevator earlier. I've become that fan with, with regards to the Riders or the Golden Knights or whatever. I'm not really, t- really in on one team. Did you win or did you lose? Well, we lost, but we had a lot of injuries. Don't care. Did you win or did you lose? Yeah. Because the society doesn't care how many injuries you have. If you lost because you have injuries, then you don't have the depth to fill those spots. Correct? Deal yeah. or no deal? Yeah. Um, Jack in Vulcan, Alberta says, Rod, you know when it falls apart that the quarterback is usually the fall guy, goes with the territory. Oh, I know how it goes, but Cody is my guy. I have been accused, and probably rightfully so, of being too married to these guys. I'm not going to change. Oh, and David... Asplin watching in Winnipeg says Fajardo has to stop with the spinorama. It's predictable. Yes and no. He's got that little flutie-esque uh, twist that he does, but nobody's really figured it out. Winnipeg figured it out. They figured it out. Yeah, because yes. I remember the banjo yeah. bowl, the first one he played. Cody did his little patented flutie spin, and there's Willie Jefferson just waiting for him, <laughs> you know, at the train station. Hi, Cody. To take Cody to the train station. Yes. Ah, if you want to put it all on Fajardo, go ahead. But that's our take from last night, and we welcome uh, yours and tell your friends we're on the air, Game Plus Television Network and YouTube Live. As we move on, the Calgary Stampeders listed quarterback Bo Levi Mitchell as questionable for Saturday's game against the Edmonton Elks in the team's injury report Thursday. Bo took limited reps in Thursday's practice at McMahon Stadium. The 32-year-old from KT, Texas, had a foot injury. The team indicated in its daily injury report. Stamps head coach Dave Dickinson said following practice, he said he was a little sore, but other than that, I don't have anything to report, said Dave Dickinson. So here's my take on the Bo Levi Mitchell situation. Having been in this town for a significant, most of 2022 has been spent here, I think. Darn close. Talking to the football people, I don't know what to believe. Do you think Bo starts Saturday? Yes. Me too. Yeah. Maybe that would be a good poll question. Got to remember, Tom Brady for years was listed as questionable every single week. Never missed games. Started every game. Started every one. So here's my thing. I'm not saying clearly, not saying Dave Dickinson's lying or bluffing or pulling anybody's leg. 
I just don't know who to believe. And I go by what I see on the field, and it's Bo starting every week. I've talked to guys that were in training camp with Bo who said that he didn't even participate. He didn't run the team drills. Jake Mayer did. The Bo, for whatever reason, he, was he hurt? Was he fatigued? Did he not want to? I don't know. But he wasn't the number one guy in team drills and stamps training camp this year. But I was also told by Bo's friends, this is the first spring that he feels 100%. And he saw it, remember that, an American trainer in Houston that uh, has him feeling better than ever. He's 100%. And then, and then it seemed like this narrative through training camp that Bo's a little limp. He came out of the week one game, but he started week two. Yeah. See what I'm saying? It's a little bit of a cat and mouse game that I just don't really want to play. Until Bo's not on the field, and then we'll start talking about it. From, but from Monday to Friday, I don't think it's newsworthy. Fake news. Yeah, I mean, I understand that fans would be a little bit worried and concerned that Bull might not play on Saturday, but, you know, right now, I think he'll probably play, and we'll find out. If he's not listed on the official roster and he gets moved to the sixth game, then we, then we got a problem. But for right now, I think it's just overreaction. Roster comes out later on today. Actually, any minute, actually, now that I think about it, but... Anyways, you see what we're doing here on the RP Show. We talk about all teams and all games, and that's just what I've heard about Bo. You heard he's hurt. You heard he's 100%. I guess he's probably Darren somewhere in between. Yeah. Um, CRCFL coverage brought to you by Bronco Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling, and Rod's Rants, too, although I don't feel like I have anything to rant about today. The coffee is very good. It's strong. To schedule maintenance or to learn more about our services, call 306-781-2090 or visit us at broncoplumbing.com, the preferred plumbing, heating, and cooling company of the RP Show. It is a how you doing? live studio audience today here at Gray Eagle. Point three, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are taking on Hamilton, facing the Tiger Cats in a rematch of last year's Grey Cup. That's Friday night football. Winnipeg, of course, won its second straight title with a 33-25 overtime victory in December and is off to a perfect 2-0 start. The Ticats have struggled to start the season and will be looking for their first win tonight. Uh, so that's our poll question today for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center. Who wins tonight on Friday Night Football? And Moose, I haven't spent, I haven't gone and looked. Let's see what the sample size is here for Capital Automall dealerships all across the prairies. 86% saying the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are going to win tonight's football game over the Hamilton Tiger Cats. And you can put me in that stat. I read, uh, did some reading on this. Yeah. Leave that up to me while you're attending these entrepreneurial mucky muck events. I'll do the research. Yeah, the game's in Winnipeg. Who's writing these stories? It's in Winnipeg. That's what I thought, which makes a difference. Yeah. Uh, Adam Hill saying, hey, we're 2-0, and but we still have mistakes. They are the... Tampa Bay Lightning of the CFL. They've won the last two championships. You don't got to worry about them. They know how to win. Hamilton is the what? Oh, I don't know what they are. I don't know. Because they've been runner-up the twice. Panthers? Nah. The regular season Tigers? Yeah, maybe. For sure. And, you know, and that's the thing. You, you want to compare Winnipeg to, to Tampa Bay. You look at Tampa Bay. They're not as interested in making sure they're number one in the regular season. They're going through their season trying to make sure they're the best possible team. So Winnipeg might not go undefeated. They might not be first in the West, but they'll probably find a way to be there in the end, right, in November. And that's what matters. And, 
you know, Winnipeg's a very good football team that wants to continue to get better. So, yeah, I think they'll win tonight. So we've all, 86% have the Winnipeg Blue Bombers winning the football game tonight. Uh, David Asplund in Winnipeg says, Rod, how do you feel about the Bombers wearing white unis? I'm getting a kick out of it. I guess they're wearing all white. Why not? It's a white out tonight. Should be a spectacle on TSN on Friday Night Football. What do I? It's, a, it's marketing. It's a gimmick. The Bombers, again, do things right. All it is is getting stuff, getting people talking. Yeah. That's the best word of my... You know what sells tickets? Not billboards. Not radio commercials. Hype. Buzz. And that's what... We'll be tuning in tonight to see how this looks. Right? Absolutely. So how do I feel about it? It's great. I, I will tell you this. I think when the Saskatchewan Rough Riders debuted him, and although a lot of my memories are gone from that time, it was week one in Hamilton. Ben Heenan's first game, if it matters, and George Cortez was coaching the Ticats. I think that was the first game. The Ryder people will correct me if I'm wrong, but they took the field. I'm like, what am I looking at? It was that Stormtrooper look. Remember, we called them that, Stormtroopers. White helmets, white jerseys, white pants, white shoes. But after a while, it seemed really cool. Very cool. Yeah, and then it's like, well, I can't imagine them in anything else. Yeah. What's their helmets going to be like tonight? Have we seen the helmets? I apologize. I haven't. No, I guess we got to tune in to TSN tonight. We got to tune in because it's so great and I love it. Like, I don't see enough pub about the jersey release or the jersey setup. And maybe it's because it's too regular, but, you know, I see it when I follow the Tennessee Titans. You know, every day early in the week, one day they always release the uniforms and they have a similar because they have a white helmet and they have a stormtrooper look too with the white pants, white jerseys, and it looks great. And, I'm looking forward to seeing what it looks like tonight. Uh, the, did you see the Patriots are going mm. back to the 80s? Are they? This year, yeah. That's, that's pretty cool. hot stuff, too. We're only three points into the Quick 6 show topics. We'll be right back with some hockey, some baseball, and then Jeff Reinbold and Mike Abumesh were joining us on this Flame Tech Football Friday. We'll be right back. You're watching the RP Show on the Game Plus Television Network. We're also live streaming on YouTube, and you can listen to 24-hour sports radio streaming now at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Greg Resort and Casino, Calgary's entertainment destination. It is a Flame Tech Football Friday, and uh, the Moose is with me. I have to say this. They say Calgary's entertainment destination. I'm like, well, why not say Alberta's entertainment destination? Calgary's enough. 1.4 million people. It's pretty In the great. area. Yeah, yeah exactly. Cal- we're good. Okay. Okay. But this is the place to be. Come and check it out. Looks like we're going to be full again this weekend. Why not? Beautiful weekend out here. And it's a home game weekend. Calgary Stampeders home to the Edmonton Alex 5 p.m. kickoff. We will be there courtesy the Calgary Stampeders. And I just saw on Twitter the voice of the Stamps, Mark Steven, posting the roster. Bo Levi Mitchell listed as the starter, but it has beside his name GTD. It's like John Lynch is taking over the uh, (laughs) vernacular of the Canadian Football League. He's GWH. What's that, Lynch? Great when healthy. Yeah. Game time (laughs) decision. It's an ESBG. Early season big game. Hell yes. (laughs) I love those. We still got to put them into a book. 
They belong. He belongs to the Atana Club. Really, Lynch? What's the Atana Club? All talk and no action. Atana Club. That's a new one. You've never brought that one up. The Atana Club. Yeah. All talk and no action. Uh, by the way, it is a Flame Tech Football Friday. Flame Tech is your industry leader in combustion services. Check them out. I'll continue with the quick six show topics in a minute, but I said to Moose, Fridays are for football, ball for all. And let me open up the text line a little early. Uh, why not, Hey, eh? It's Friday. Yeah, sure. Doc is watching in San Francisco, California. He says, hi, guys. The football game last night was boring calling games. I had guys watching the game with me. They say this is why people don't watch the games on TV. They don't make it interesting. Maybe get the Oilers guys to call games. Let me guess. You're an Oilers fan? Who calls the Oilers? Let's get Jack Michaels, who not, I'm not sure he could even, well, to say spell CFL would look like an insult. I, I, I love Jack. He's a great guy. You want to get the Oilers guy to call? I know what he's saying. He's like, Jack Michaels is exciting. Yeah. What? Uh, yeah, Hannah Ryan Singh. Who are we talking about? Maybe. Can you imagine? Fajardo! Actually, now I kind of want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> Can we make that happen? If Sportsnet ever gets the football, the CFL rights in some sort it's of over. shared package, then it's happening. <laughs> Listen, Rod Smith called the game with Dwayne Ford. I'm not making... I love, I love both those guys. They're super dudes. And to be honest with you, I was just saying to Darren the other day, I don't hear the announcers. I don't hear it. I'm so busy watching the game. I don't hear what they're saying. There's so many times that she'll say, can you believe he just said that? Is that true what he said? What did he say? I wasn't listening. Yeah. And that's no insult to anybody. I'm just focused on the game. So anyways, Doc wants Jack Michaels calling CFL games. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Okay. Daryl Paquette is watching in Sherwood Park, the home of Sam Steele. And he says, I'm a bit concerned about CFL attendance. Here's what I would 16,000 and change last night at Percival Molson McGill Stadium. That's about 50% capacity. <clears throat> I don't know. You want to be worried about it? Be worried about it. As a certified recovery coach, I'll tell you this worry about what you can control. Gnaw on that over the weekend, right? Yeah. What can you control? Usually the light switch. That's about it. That's Mm -hmm. all you can control on the light switch. You can control yourself. So you buy a ticket and go. As I often say in the media world or the sports world, if we all pull the rope, our own little share, we would have no problems. So I, I don't, I'm not concerned about CFL attendance. It's not my job. Are you? No. Not yet. You know, if this becomes something that we keep seeing it go down and down and down and down and it becomes really concerning, not yet. I, I still am not because the product is still fairly entertaining. And at the end of the day, too, if the attendance goes down but TV numbers stay good and go up, you know, at the, the end of the day, we want interest in the game. So eyeballs on the game. Obviously, we know it's a gate-driven league, and, and a lot of money is made because people go to the games and buy tickets. But we just want to make sure people are still watching the games in some capacity. Sure. Sure. And that's my point is it's a problem. It's not my problem. If you feel that it's your problem, Daryl, then that's cool. I'm not going to judge you for that. But I've seen this in other industries. Like in the recovery world, you have the social services operating in this silo and the addiction world operating in this silo. And... 
family services in that style. And it's like, we're all connected. If we work together, we can make a difference here. But in this country, they don't want to work together. <laughs> so again, right. we'll just do our thing. You do yours and hope it all turns out nice again. Uh, moving on, we got to get to this other stuff here. Point four, a three-point night from Xavier Bogart lifted the Shawinigan Cataract to a 3-2 victory over the Hamilton Bulldogs in round-robin play at the Memmer Thursday night. So the OHL champion Hamilton, who's 0-2, Moose, will take on the Edmonton Oil Kings, who are 1-1 tonight. And then the round-robin ends on Saturday. Shawinigan is now 2-0. They'll face the host St. John's team, who's 1-0-1. So it's, it's a COVID thing, right? It's the semifinals on Monday and the finals on Wednesday. I don't think that's ever happened. Yeah. So weird. Rely on us to pull the rope and tell you what's going on. But big game for Edmonton. If they get a point, they're into the playoff. There you go. Into the semi. <laughs> You've already studied it more than I have. Yeah. That's what they need tonight. They need to, if they get the game to overtime, or if they win, they'll be in. Because they've got two points. Hamilton's got none, right? Hamilton can get three points with a regulation win. So Edmonton needs a point tonight to secure it. If not, they'll have one more chance. How about that? Yeah. Uh, Point five. The Stanley Cup will be in the building tonight in Denver. And it's a must-win game for the Tampa Bay Lightning as they take on the Colorado Avalanche in game five of the Stanley Cup final. The Avs up 3-1 and are on the cusp. Uh, becoming NHL champions for the first time since 2001. What a thrill a minute this Stanley Cup final has been. A lot of the drama, of course, was off the ice on Thursday because there was no game, but John Cooper, the Lightning coach, came out and apologized to the media for not giving them more in the post-game news conference after Wednesday's Game 4. It was awesome. The guys at Fan 960 All Sports Radio here in Calgary had me on yesterday. We talked about this at length. I said John's being a drama queen. And you know what? John actually said, did you see it? You probably didn't see what he said yesterday. No, I missed it. He shouldn't have said what he said. (laughs) No, I'm joking. He said, hey, nobody's had more breaks than us in our time. He goes, but what goes around comes around. And right now we're not getting the breaks. Maybe we will get the breaks again. But we're not getting the breaks. He kind of apologized for being a drama queen after game four, to be honest with you. I'm not sure it's going to matter. But they're not a significantly weaker team than the Colorado Avalanche. Like, I'm not convinced this ends tonight. I'm not either. Now, it it is in Colorado, so that makes it that much more difficult. Right. But, no, uh, by no means is this series over. I mean, if the Loud House gets them going, we've seen 7-0, right, in that building. That can be a tough place to play, but so can Amelie Arena in Tampa. But um, no, the Lightning are a very talented team. They're right there with Colorado. And if Vazzy plays, how Vazzy plays, and Stamco shows yeah. up, they'll be okay. I could see it being extended. It sounds like a real cliche, but there's a reason cliches are cliches, and that is your best players need to be your best players. I hate that, but it's so true. That's why they become cliches. Now, I saw Rashog say it the other day. Bernie Nichols said it here on Monday, Tuesday. He goes, uh, you're never in trouble till you lose at home. And I'm like, <laughs> gnawing my lip to a point that blood's about to spurt out of it. Because how did that become a thing? That's relatively new in the sports vernacular. It is. I, I think there's some credence to it. It's not complete BS. 
I, but I think it can only apply to the first four games of a series, of a seven-game series, right? If Tampa would have won game four, they're not in trouble, right? But they've lost now at home. They're in trouble. I think, you know, it only applies to the first four because after that, I mean. I guess. Oh, my God. To the chat, Arlen Bruce the third is watching in Edmonton. Hey, A.B., he says, it's only week three. Calm down, fans. Trust me, it gets better as the season goes. Yeah, but you got to leave that up to us. You're a football guy. We're the media guys. Have you heard of a thing called the NFL? There's a reason they call it overreaction Monday. They're freaking out over preseason results down there. Yes. Which they should. The stadiums are full. Let us have our fun and panic over the fact that the Riders gave up eight sacks last night. Uh, John Kirby in Edmonton watching says more people are watching the CFL at home and not in the stands at the stadiums. The TV numbers show it again. And what drives the bus in the CFL, Darren? Attendance. Right. And what's being done about it? Not sure. Right. Jack in Alberta says, I do know this much. If seven of the CFL teams marketed the way the new management in Edmonton and BC do, we'd have no problems. For sure. And if, ifs and nuts. But I will say this again, if we all pull the rope. I can't, just before we went to air, Darren told me, the Stampeders have come through and uh, we'll be guests at the game Saturday. But I was going to buy tickets anyways. I just wasn't going to tell you that. Okay, But... Let's just, we're going to go. Okay, if you want to come, because we're going to have a great time. And we're going to go early, and we're going to tailgate, and I'm going to stop by the pregame show on uh, AM 770 CHQR Calgary and say hey to those Cowboys. All you can do and hope others follow in line, right? Yeah. Go have a good time. Show other people that it's a great time. And then other people might want to go and experience what you experienced, right? So it's exciting. I'm looking forward to it, too. It's been a long time. It's been a few years since I've seen a game at McMahon, but I did the whole tailgating thing last time, too. You take laps of the stadium and visit with fans. It's, it's very, very good. Yes. Around the concourse of the Agrodome, we call them loser laps. We'll do loser laps at McMahon Stadium. Of course. Of course. Um, John Ohm in Winnipeg says, attendance has been a problem in the CFL for over 20-plus years. Yeah, buddy. So again, why would I lose sleep over it? It's not the guys whose job it is aren't losing sleep over it, clearly. Yeah. That's all that I'm saying. If we all pulled on the rope and went to the games, it wouldn't be a problem. So we're going to do our part and go. From Dot on uh, YouTube, he says, it would be cool to have the CFL and the USFL cross over. You're like two years late on that one, bud. I'm not even going down that. Nope. Not yet. Nope. And Bo Levi, we'll just say this. He's listed as game time decision. I think Bo likes the drama. I think he likes the drama. Wouldn't you say? I could see it. Yeah. yeah. It's all I'll say. Yeah. A lot of football people really enjoyed the story from the golf tournament supper the other day, by the way. Still I had another text it. this morning about it. Yes. It was great. I got him. By kissing his ass. That's what I did. Of all things. Who, who expected right? that? Exactly. Point six, the Toronto Raptors used their lone pick in this year's NBA draft on Christian Coloco. The seven-foot-one center had 12.6 points average, 7.3 rebounds this year with the University of Arizona. That's another story for another day. 
But Messiah Jury of the Raptors is proving you don't need draft picks to win a championship or field a quality team. They have one draft pick. I know. And they're one of the best teams in the NBA. Moose, I'll see you in hour two. Okay. It's going to be awesome because Jeff Reinbold joins us next from the Big Island. It is a football Friday for Flame Tech, and you're watching on Game Plus Television, also live streaming on YouTube, and you can always catch the podcast wherever you enjoy your podcasts, including Google, Amazon, Apple, Stitcher, and Spotify. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. live at the Great Eagle Resort and Casino Stage Bar. Tickets on sale for all these wonderful shows this summer and fall. Go to GreatEagleResortandCasino.ca to check the show lineup and purchase your tickets. We're brought to you in part by Cavendish Farms. They are proud supporters of junior hockey in Canada, but it's a football Friday, ball for all, and we're going to the big island to welcome the coach. Having coffee with the coach today, Jeff Reinbold, and I feel like we haven't even started putting week two to bed yet, coach, but week three kicked off last night in Montreal. I might look back at the week two games in a second, but first, what did you see out of the Elouettes last night and not see out of the Rough Riders? Well, first of all, when you talk about the Alouette, you know, that was a team that was beat up. I mean, you look at this, Rod. Dan Back, the best running back in the league, out. Mario Alford, one of the better returners in the league, out. Chris Ackey, their great young outside linebacker, the will linebacker, out. Changes on the offensive line. Already, there's been talk about, you know, is Kahari's job in jeopardy? They start out 0-2. And they came out and responded exactly the way you would want a football team to respond, like a wounded dog. And then Saskatchewan walked into a buzzsaw. It started on the opening kickoff, and it got worse from there. It was a awful, awful exhibition of football by Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan's a good football team, Rod. But this, is, this football team has got to figure out what they're doing with the penalty thing, or they're going to be watching somebody else playing the Grey Cup in their building. They went out and had 11 penalties again last night after Dickey had talked in the media about we got to be good, uh, about not taking penalties, not being the guy that hurts our team. And how did his team listen to the message? They went out and went 11 for 105. Yeah, and I think they had about 85 at halftime. What is the best way to clean up penalties? I've seen various ways. Guys get fined for them. Obviously, you get benched or sat or scratched. What do you find is the best way to prevent penalties from happening? Well, you know, there's really just a limited amount of things you can do. You can sit a guy. That's one way to get after him. Uh, It's difficult to find him because the Players Association is going to appeal those fines, right? So, it, it's got to come down to the character of the guys that you got in your room and your leadership. Whoever the leaders are in on that football team, they've got to have one of those come to Jesus meetings. And whether they do it, you know, in private or how they do it, it doesn't matter. But it's got to happen because you just cannot take right. This is a team now that in in three games has over thirty penalties, right? And you look around in the West, where you're going to have to win to get to the Grey Cup, to have a chance to play in your building. You've got a Calgary team that's disciplined and knows how to win. And you've got a Winnipeg team that's one of the least penalized teams in the Canadian Football League. You've got to get through those two teams. You've got to out-discipline those two teams. You're good enough, Saskatchewan, to go to the Grey Cup. 
but you're not good enough if you allow the guys in the striped shirts to be a factor in the game. They have to get that message, and it has to come from inside. Because apparently right now they're not listening to their head coach because he talked about it. He went into the media about it last week, and that's how they responded. Coach, if I may interject, you look amazing. Very refreshed, and it looks like a beautiful day there on the Big Island. So Friday night football, it's Winnipeg, home to Hamilton. I guess the Bombers are going to wear all whites tonight. They're calling for a whiteout. I think that's awesome at Investors Group Field. I can't see how Winnipeg doesn't win this game tonight and it would put Hamilton at 0-3. What, what's your thoughts on this game tonight? Well, it's a big game. And, I mean, it's a big game for Hamilton. they got to get some confidence, right? And, and you can talk all you want about, you know, been through this before and you know they've got veteran leadership yes they do no question about it right but the reality of it is you do not want to go to zero and three no way and you do not want to go to Odin zero and three especially to this football team and i think right now for hamilton the key thing is their players like their marquee players have got to play you said this i, I heard you earlier talking about hockey how your great players have to make great plays in big games well, right now, you look at Simone Lawrence, for example. He has no sacks, no fumble recoveries, no interceptions, no big plays in two football games. He needs to get into that category. He needs to get his name, you know, at sack by Simone Lawrence, interception by Simone Lawrence. He needs to make big plays. Dylan Wynn, battling a calf injury, he's been a non-factor. Micah Johnson, complete non-factor, right? Those are the guys that have got to make plays for them. They're their big play players. And if they don't get that done on defense, they've collapsed in the fourth quarter in both games. They've gone into the, in the, into the fourth quarter with leads or been real close. And what we saw last week against Calgary was, you know, just a complete implosion in the second half. Well, for sure. And I want to go there next. With that comeback with Calgary, I mean, a lot of people were criticizing Bo. For sure. Uh, led the league in picks last year. Da, 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 da. There's a lot of reasons, too. Now he's listed his game-time decision for Saturday's game against Edmonton here. I still think that he's going to play. It just seems like that fires him up, Jeff. <laughs> and I think he's a guy that really doesn't only want to play on the weekend, but you've been around a long time. It's, I feel like he kind of takes practices off a little bit, save his body, then brings it on the weekend. You've seen guys like that. Well, he's a competitor. He's an ultimate competitor. And, you know, Let's be honest, Rod. He's been in the game a long time. That body's beaten up. You don't play as long as he's played and take the shots that he's taken because he, he's a cowboy. He's not, he's not a guy that's going to duck away from contact. He's going to stand in there and deliver, and he's taken a lot of hits, and those hits take their toll, and he's at the point in his career now where managing his body is as important as the practice rep, and I think that's important that people understand, and Dickey gets that. Because he played the game. He played that position, right? And so what, what Bo needs now is he needs to approach the games as healthy as he can be. And that means managing his workload during the week and get him the mental reps that he needs. Because we saw it last week. When the pressure's on, when you have to make plays, and that last drive was proof positive. They get punted down in there tight. They got to go the whole field. And, you know, you can talk about, you know, when the Hamilton collapse, but the reality of it is a great player at the crucial times stood up and made the plays he had to make to give his team a chance to win that football game. And that's what, again, Bo still has that in the tank. Now, 
He's not the young guy that can scramble around and make a few plays with his feet that he was once. And he is beat up and he is brittle. So again, it's critical that, that they keep him as healthy as they can keep him through the 18 game marathon that the CFL season is before they get to the playoffs. I've got more questions than we have time for. So I'll ask, would you mind, we got a couple of minutes in this segment, but can you stay for another after that for another eight minutes after? Rod, I still got plenty of coffee, so let's stay. Ah, good. Okay, well, because I, I do want to ask you about Major League Football, but I was asked on Calgary mm-hmm. Radio today, a good, or yesterday, a good question that I want to put to you. They said, how much pressure is on Nathan Rourke as the next one, that Canadian quarterback, every time that he's suit, like how much pressure is on him every game at center for the BC Lions? And how would you answer that? I'd say there's, there's plenty. I mean, he, he's, he's, you know, in, in the heavyweight division, they talked about the great white hope, right? For years and years and years. Well, he's the great Canadian hope at quarterback, right? He's the Greg Bavra. You know, he's the guy that everybody wants. They need this. If the league gets a Canadian starter that's a viable winner as a quarterback, then I think it's fantastic for the league. It's fantastic for youth football in Canada. It's fantastic for you, sport football. It's a win, win, win all the way around. That's a lot of pressure for a young guy to handle. And he seems to be a guy that handles it extremely well. And I'm hopeful for him that he's able to continue to be on the trajectory that he's on right now that would make him one of the young rising stars of this league. And what a great story to have a Canadian kid playing quarterback in the CFL. They love him in BC, obviously, for a variety of reasons. But he, like the Ricky Rays, the Joe Burrows, these guys aren't that entertaining at parties. Like Nathan looks very ice in his veins, very doesn't smile much. That's the kind of guy you want, isn't it? Like just very even keel. Yeah, and you know what? I've watched him closely, how he handles himself in interviews. The whole thing's not too big for him. You know, Rod, here's the thing people need to understand. When you, when you become the quarterback of any professional football team, I don't care whether it's the CFL, the NFL, what it is. And Trent Dilfer told me this one time. He said, Jeff, you can't understand the enormity of the position, right? It's not just what you do on Saturday afternoon or Sunday afternoon. Not, it's not just the throws you make. It's the fact that everything that you have to do you are the face of the franchise. You are the guy that has to lead. You are the enormity of the position is like no other in sport, no other in sport where one guy is the primal focus of everything. And that's the way it is, particularly in a quarterback driven league like the CFL. So Nathan has that or appears to have early on in his career that even keel that will keep him from going through the highs and lows of, you know, emotion that so many young players go through, particularly players at that position, because he's going to have a night. Now, he had a great night in his, in his opener. He's going to have a night when he's going to come out and he's going to throw three picks. And how do you deal with that? That's going to be the acid test. And he's still young. He's got a lot to go, but he's off to a great start. More with Jeff Reinbold coming up right after this. Viewer takeover for Taco Time. Michael Abumeshra coming up in hour two. You're watching the RP Show live from Gray Eagle Resort and Casino in Calgary on Game Plus TV, YouTube Live, and 24-hour sports radio streaming now at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? 
Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Not a lot of time, but it's going to be a great time here in this final segment. Uh, Taco Time viewer takeover live from that place, Fuego Resort and Casino. I'll just read a couple of viewer comments. Rose is watching in Edmonton. She says, as an Elks fan, I hope Bo plays Saturday. Advantage Elks. Sean is watching in Vancouver, and he says, I'm a diehard Riders fan, but I will be attending more Lions games this season based on what the new owner is doing, and it's going to be fun. We've got the coach, Jeff Reinbold, with us from uh, Hawaii. And, Coach, uh, did I see your name? Attached to Major League Football, which kicks off this fall. What's going on with that? I just read it here. League-owned team going to go against the NFL this fall, but it is saying it's a developmental league. Tell me about Major League Football. Well, Rod, this is something that's been in the works for, I think, four or five years. Frank Murtha, who's an agent, was one of the top agents in the world for a long time, has had this vision to do this. Mike McCarthy, who has been a life lifetime CFLer really um, is involved. He's the director of football operations. Bobby April, who was a special teams coach for a number of teams in the NFL is, is a consultant for the league. Uh, it's a, it's a developmental league that is going to be put together. They're going to have four teams in the initial season. Uh, Terry Shea, who coached with coach for meal at Kansas city and, and uh, was head coach of San Jose state is going to take the Virginia beach team. There's a team in Canton, Ohio, there's a team in Little Rock, Arkansas, and the man in black, Jerry Glanville, called me and asked me to be a part of what he's putting together with the Alabama Airmen in, uh, uh, excuse me, Alabama Airborne in Mobile, Alabama. So they are going to play. Um, I think they're going to go to camp in July. There is a rumor that I will be in there, you know, in with the Airmen. But I would say that don't believe everything you read right yet, Rod. Okay, well, I was excited for it. I mean, what we only have a minute here, but please tell me why none of these leagues have been sustainable for the most part. Well, I think everybody, all, all of these leagues have come come and gone because they want to be developmental leagues for the National Football League, and there is a need for that. There's a need for a developmental league. Now, can they survive the initial, you, you know, years of losses that it takes to establish yourself? And, you know, the XFL went down because of COVID. That was tough timing. Uh, the USFL, I, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays itself out. But again, they do have a streaming TV contract. They have sold public, uh, sold shares publicly. They've raised $10 million to operate the, the league. So this thing has a chance. And But again, you know, what they're really hoping for is the NFL sees it, likes it, and, you know, basically... The, you know, the NFL is going to suck them up, they hope, and make them a developmental league for, for the National Football League, who has to develop players. Well, good luck with it if you're part of it. What a wonderful way to spend our Friday mornings. Coach, enjoy the coffee, enjoy the games. We'll see you next week. You bet. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to YouTube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.